I have to tell the people about the Patreon. Yes, you do. Patreon.com slash SMDB. SMDB, like so many damn books. For just a dollar, you can join up and you get access to all the exclusive content that I record just for the Patreon. Also, you get to join the book club. The So Many Damn Books book club. It's been some of the best conversations I've had about books. It really always sounds like a blast. I usually like come home and just hear like giggles coming from the library. So it's a great time. You should join. And I would love to have more people join the fray. You may or may not know that Christopher runs this whole show himself on the hosting side, on the technical side, everything. This is a one-man show, truly. He does it all. Support your boy Christopher. Even at the dollar level really helps. So uh, join up patreon.com slash smdb i'd love to have you patreon.com slash smdb on with the show most things need context yes true all things i'm gonna just say all things need context um yeah, you know, I'm willing to co-sign that. So many, so many, so many damn books. Oh, it's been so long, Drew. It's been so long. It's been so seen, long. We haven't seen each other since recording Jordan. Is that yep. right? I think that's right. So oh, well, that's not true. We saw each other in person um, maybe t- three weeks. Oh, yeah, to, to pass off the, the mm-hmm. audio stuff. But even still, we were we were standing six feet apart. Mm-hmm. We couldn't we could not hug. We could not embrace. We had to. Uh, I had to wipe down the the book and the and the audio equipment that was in there. Yeah. Bad. So weird. Don't like it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you don't like it. I'm it's going so out. Odd. I'm coming in hot, man. I'm <laughs> going out with just a de- declarative statement. Uh, I I. I feel similarly, <laughs> but there's so many, you know, you can look at all these silver linings. You can try to, sure. and, and often I can get there. I can just be in enjoying the silver linings yeah, or the gold lining, like, like adopting a dog. Yeah. Got Ramona. Is she with you right now? Uh, no. Well, no, she's a little rambunctious. Um, <laughs> And is enjoying the world of our apartment as we are. Nice. And I feel like I've um, never been closer to a dog's perspective of what an apartment must be like. Because it really is their their world. Mm-hmm. Plus outside. <laughs> plus like a mile outside. Um, yeah. So I feel like I'm very, It's my environment is ready yeah. for the dog. And it's been just, it's just been great. We've had her for three days. I've already um, spent... I don't know. I don't know my, how many cumulative hours just reading and petting this dog. Hell yeah. It's the best, right? Yeah. She's yes. so cuddly. Little gray She's terrier. So cute. You can see her on the So Many Damn Books Instagram on our Friday reads. That was the day I adopted her and I was already making her hold books up. I liked that um, the the photo that you sent was one of those those live photos. Oh yeah, you can see her and, eat it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, she tries to... I was... Uh, I loved it so much. And I was like, you know what? This is just for me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's nothing to show you just how fragile and, and preciously so everything is. 
then the idea that like, oh yeah, everything is affected mm. by something we can't even see. Oh, it's like, it's a nightmare. I mean, you'd think with yeah. all the fiction we read about basically this exactly, um, we would be better prepared. But I think because it's been such a mainstay of fiction in the recent years, um, I felt like it was always going to be fiction. It was never going to be reality. Right. Well, that's also that was also the hope of like, we A, it's been the mainstay of fiction, but B, you would think that we are more advanced than we were 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so there was that hope of like, oh, right, it's in fiction because we want to explore the improbable possibility of this. You know whose book wasn't getting mentioned in all of the initial like, it's a pandemic and everybody wants to read pandemic books. So what about this one? And it's the one that as I think about it, feels like the most accurate in terms of depicting what it feels like right now Okay, is Laura Vandenberg's um, uh, Find Me. Find Me? Yeah. yeah. That book, I remember talking to her about that when when we had her on the show and the fact that her plague is not a like 99% of the population one. I think in the it's like 400,000 people die or something mm-hmm. like that. And where we're suddenly staring down a, a, like a number like that. It's like, oh, huh, okay. What would this look like? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't really think about that her n- number of affected was lower. Yeah. You know, just the idea. I think that that's very interesting to explore and that she already had that idea that there were there are people that it just won't touch. It won't happen to them. There's nothing that would mm-hmm. ever put them in contact with it. It's just all too relevant. Yeah. I haven't been reading stuff like that. Me neither. I, I thought about it for a minute because so many people have been. Like Severance, Station Eleven, mm. all of these books like hopped back onto the lists. I know. Now is the time. Like suddenly people are deciding like, I'm going to read some Camus. Like he'll, he'll tell me what's up. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. I do, I do appreciate that a lot as a big Camus stand from way back. The kids mm-hmm. say, I spend yeah. so much time on the internet now for connection that I'm picking up the lingo. P- particularly about Camus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but books are, thank God, they thank remain God. an escape. They remain a resource of escape. Speaking of uh, and and thinking about as we shake off the rust, try oh, to get yeah. our, try to get our bits back. Um, have you bought anything recently? I've I've been buying so many books. It's really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just you know like I'm living too much on Twitter. And, uh-huh. you know, I follow them like a bunch of bookstores and a bunch of publishers and like, you know, they, people are doing crazy things like um, Verso books. It's like 50% off their print line right now. And I mm-hmm. love so much of the stuff that they do. Um, and uh, I don't know, I was looking at uh, Mysterious Press, you know, Otto Penzler's uh-huh. and wanting to support their bookstore or whatever and buying some books from their place and i don't know so i've been buying i've been buying like crazy have you been buying books not really um 
we did a community order right at the tail end of the the pickup um when danny got my saint jordy book and then i bought hernan diaz's in the distance for my book club nice and then we really haven't done anything until a couple like maybe two weeks ago we did a, a bookshop order yeah. um and bookshop is great bookshop's I'm, great i wish I'm, their search engine was a little bit better yeah but it's fine yeah what else do you have to do like if a search engine takes you a long time you're not doing anything else it's not like you can leave the house well well let's uh can i show you some of the um... oh yeah yeah let's do it oh here okay. here here look ah. oh there it is oh i forgot that his name was upside down that's neat yeah it's fun um this is an enormous book what it's like to be a bird Ooh, uh, it does by, look enormous. It's the size of your David head. Alan Sibley. It looks like an old, one of those like Discovery Kids books. It's like that size. Uh-huh. And it's really like lavishly illustrated. Um, Ooh, hello, bird. And it's just, you know, um, Ramona has been very much a bird watcher. And <laughs> it's been nice to be looking at birds from our, we're uh, on a third story. So, uh I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are getting into bird watching right now. <laughs> I feel like I wonder how many like binocular sales have gone up, but this I I I'm fascinated by birds and so I saw this. It just published too. Cool. Um let's see. You want to go? Um yeah, let me see. Let's Oh yeah. Um so our bookshop order uh this this will lead into the next thing that we'll end up talking about. Cujo. Speaking of getting dogs, oh, wow. um, but I've I've been reading a ton of Stephen King, and that was sort of when I when I searched Stephen King on Bookshop, that was the first one, and I was like, yes, I don't have this one. Easy done. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I haven't read that one either. Um, that's the one he doesn't remember apparently. It's Cujo? It's that Cujo makes sense. Because yeah. of all the cocaine. So, who knew? I also think he, he's correct that he could fix Tommyknockers. That he's, that's a, that was a deep Coke book. And mm -hmm. he says, like, there's probably a good 300-page novel in there. Yeah. I was, uh, because I've been reading so much King, I've been, like, do, I've been reading just a lot of interviews and stuff where, like, what? Okay. I've gotten through. Cujo is really, I think, the last of the, like, the the early great king mm -hmm. and so now i'm starting to get into that like the imperial period in the middle there where it's just everything is 1400 pages and you're kind of okay. like why uh and i he said that about insomnia too and um the regulators i think where he was like these books i could have trimmed these books there's there's a good book inside of you know this enormous book and i'm like what are you doing right now, man? Why don't you go? Um, why not? Like George Lucas, it yeah. Go, go through and add add some more Pennywise and to everything. Yeah, more Dark Tower references. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else do you buy? Okay, uh, so from the mysterious bookshop, they put out. They've been putting out um, reissues. Mm -hmm. They're American mystery classics. And so I bought like a bunch of. Um, oh, that looks like my kind of. Like uh, their amateur sleuth ones, like, and this is a this is a married couple that 
the guy is a publisher and the wife uh, is a homemaker. And, but she really also wants to be a detective. And he like <laughs> just comes along like, oh, okay. Um, and so I don't, and it's set in Broadway. I'm very I love excited. it. Death on the Isle by Francis and Richard Lockridge. And it's a married couple that wrote it together, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah. So that, that was, I'm very excited about that. I haven't read just a straight up, here's some clues, can you figure out the mystery type of book in a long time. Yeah. It's not really my usual thing. So uh, what have you been reading? <laughs> I've been all over the place. Um, I have found audiobooks to be a fantastic way of passing time and sure. enhancing experiences. Um, I listened to this really interesting book from a dog's perspective uh, called Tomorrow by Damien Dibbin. And it's about a um, an immortal dog Ooh. Uh, who's searching for his immortal master. All right. And so, and it's set various times, but it starts in 1600 and you just follow the dog through many years. Cool. Yeah, it's really fascinating and great dog perspective um, narration. And it was so fun to listen to it. The, the, the guy who did the narration was like a little doggy and he also did a lot of Italian, very like almost silly Italian um, accents, which I enjoyed. Great. Oh, I know <laughs> that we both read. I, I told you to read this as soon as I was finished. Um, Parakeet. Yes. By Marie Helen Bertino friend of the show yep um my god yeah that book is great yeah i i mean i've i've been vacillating between these like small things or audio things and then like i've been spend i've now sunk like three weeks into reading mists of avalon oh yeah dimmer bradley i you know i kept thinking i was gonna go for a big book and i haven't been able to do it the only one i attempted was um the mirror and the light, which I found tremendously disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. Do you think that might just be mindset? And when you come back post pandemic, it might be better. It, or do you, it, is it just permanent emperor's new clothes now? It's possible. I loved those first two books. Like mm-hmm. I think, I think Wolf Hall is just fantastic. I think bring up the bodies is like one of the best legal thrillers I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, and those two books they're just they're so taut and like we, we use the words like taut and muscular and whatever around fiction and I think that they get tossed around too much but those books really there's a visceral tension to them and the mirror and the light which I mean I guess mirroring Cromwell's life it's just baggy mm. like all of the ticks <laughs> felt like ticks as opposed to like interesting quirky things um, and I've seen a couple people online who are reading all three, like that's their, that's their big pandemic read is to read all three in a row. Mm-hmm. And I'd be curious to see how it felt reading the third one so close. Like if I was still in that voice, would I have appreciated it more? Or in my opinion, 
would it be even more glaring that this book is the like it's her her big i didn't want to let it go right it's like another it's half again as long as wolf hall it's crazy how's how are you liking mr babylon it's great um i love Arthurian legend stuff, although I, I've been realizing that I just know it from like Sword in the Stone, half remembered Disney memories, mm-hmm. and then vague references that have occurred in life. Yeah. Um, and so I only know like some of the names. I don't know the big story um, that she's riffing on, but I think that that lends a really great sort of gossamer veil on it that it's so it's just hers and i'm not seeing like oh she's playing with that it's just her own mm-hmm. um she's a reprehensible person it turns out oh really uh, yeah and all of her um all the sales of her books uh, since she's died um i guess go to helping victims of sexual harassment oh my god i just did a quick google and yikes yeah wow and it makes all the sex stuff in the book, and there's quite a bit, um, pretty weird. So, <laughs> so it's, and it's, I don't know, but it's, even with that, all of that knowledge, I mean, fantasy reading is always kind of strange, you know, mm-hmm. re- or um, sci-fi fantasy. I mean, Orson Scott Card, another example of someone totally. who I'd never want to ever shake hands with, but I like his novels. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is a strange dichotomy. Yeah, so I mean, especially so with... all of that's swirling as so it's it's actually very enveloping. These mists. <laughs> cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, have you been so? But you haven't been project reading like that, other than it seems like kinging it. I there were sort of four. I, I went to comfort reading. Okay. In a way that I really didn't, but like my comfort reading ended up being different from what I thought it would be. I've been reading pretty broadly, like, you know, a 400 page book here, a 200 page book here, something mm-hmm. new, something old. Um, my, I've been more dis- discerning. I'm doing scare quotes for those who can't see me right now. <laughs> um, my to read shelf is down to 140 from... 186 when all of this kicked off wow. and it's not that i've read 46 books it's that um, you're just getting rid of them mm-hmm. which is is felt really good because i'm like if i'm not if i'm not digging it why am i gonna i'm not i don't need to put it back on the shelf in case i might dig it again later very worst case scenario i'll buy another copy 10 years down the line if i want to read it um but yeah, then, I mean, I just started putting books on the street myself, and it and people are grabbing them like crazy. Yeah, um, I feel yeah. like they you just must take it. They must take it home in lie solid or something. I'm. That's what I've, I've sure. a few things. There's a little free library around the corner for me, uh, and when Ziggy and I are out walking, we'll pass by, and there have been some real gems um, mm. that it's like, yeah, okay, and come home and just wipe it down and don't touch it for a week. Um, <laughs> but I've I read, I've read. Three, I've read three Stephen King books. I've read three Haruki Murakami books. I've read. I'm also I'm done with Murakami. Uh, (laughs) I've read two Terry Pratchett Discworld books, and one, two, three, four, 
four John le Carre books. So it's nice for you to stick in a voice. Yeah, I was le Carre you was go one the one after another like le Carre, le Carre, le Carre, or is it I tried to break it up with like something in between. Um I read uh The Dark Half and The Dead Zone from hmm. Stephen King basically back to back. Um but the le Carres I found I it was wild how calm reading John le Carre made me feel. It was like those books are not no one would <laughs> describe those books as calm or pleasing yeah. necessarily. They're sleepy. They can be sleepy. But that thing, I was like, I was engaged mm-hmm. in a way that really surprised me. Um, and I am. Um, I, I, I don't know if that's surprising to me. Yeah. I don't know if that's surprising. I feel like this is the time that narrative is made for is because yeah. there are no threads. So like being presented with one and, and one that's compelling to your current brain it just it can grab you in a way that I think more than ever can be really um, I don't know affecting. Yeah, I like. So I feel like I'm feeling books more. Yes, it's it's the things that that grab you now almost grab you more in a way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I have read things that I didn't enjoy that I was like, oh well, this wasn't very good it dragged me along and you know, I was happy to read it and finish it. But then those, there's something about, I don't know, I guess how safe it feels to be in a book, to be somewhere else. Yeah. And to know that the conflict that you're reading will end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's always nice and comforting. Yeah. Oh, there's only 20 more pages. How's this going to end? Uh-huh. <laughs> I am ready to jump into some more graphic novels now, I think. Yeah. I read um I read The River at Night by Kevin Hiswenga. Uh and that's uh, drawn in quarterly. Oh and cool. It was so good. It's just like it's sort of an infinite night of um retelling a story and trying to fall asleep. Hmm. I feel and... like I saw you post something about it and it looked very intriguing. Yeah, I think we were both reading graphic novels and that was our Friday reads. Oh, cool. Um, and it's it was just incredible. And, you know, like he can just imagine all of these things and discussions with his partner and I don't know, it, it and and how she's relating to the world and always like, I'm trying to fall asleep. I'll have, oh, maybe I'll just stay up. Maybe I'll just have coffee and stay up and that thought process and then maybe falling asleep a little bit into these like swirling thought diagrams. They're incredible. Cool. I, it's one of these ones that like, I don't always want to own graphic novels. Sure. Um, but I am glad to own this because I can already picture myself like pulling it off the shelf. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a nice, uh, there's something nice about that. Um, as we, as we get older and accumulate more stuff and, accumulate more things like dogs <laughs> suddenly it's like where am i going to put all the dog stuff maybe i need to move some of these books to really to know instinctively like oh yeah i'm never going to get rid of this book because it's just one that i'm gonna i will pull down over and over again for the rest of my life mm-hmm. and i feel like there's something um that happens more i think with like story collections and graphic novels to me than it does 
novels. Mm. It's pretty rare, I feel, that I am pulling a novel off the shelf just to flip through it. Do you ever do that? Yeah, I do. Um, I've been doing it particularly recently because I have been trying to thin my, because I have my books separated into like to be read and read. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, for so long, the red shelves have been static other than growing when I move something over. Um, but I was realizing that more and more I was putting books that I've read, just putting them on the take shelf mm-hmm. and not keeping them. Then it made me wonder, like, wait a minute, what do I have here? What do I, the, and so many things are just books that I own that were important when I read them, but they've just completely faded. And I'm pulling it off and like looking through and getting reminded and being like, oh, yeah, I remember why I have this, but I don't need to keep it. Cool. So I feel like I'm my red books are disappearing in the yeah. and um yeah I feel like that that's uh neighborhood wide because when I'm on my walks I feel like I I'm seeing just more and more boxes of books of people being like oh I okay so when I actually do have all the time at last <laughs> and my glasses are not broken I just yeah. I actually do choose to read some different things than I do you know yeah absolutely which I think is it's it's sad that I'm still a little squeamish about picking up books um, for myself sometimes, but I don't know. Are you trying audiobooks at all? No. I thought about it. I've been listening to a couple of uh, narrative podcasts. Mm. Um, like I don't know, Androids and Aliens, which is a role-playing podcast in a space, obviously in a space setting. And that's that's the kind of thing that I'm like, there's, it requires, what is the difference for me between a podcast and an audiobook? I guess in some ways it requires a little bit less attention because the story is ongoing and longer in its ongoingness i feel like if i miss something if i or like if i'm doing the dishes or not fully engaged with the story i can still glom along because Mm -hmm. of the nature of role-playing games and storytelling in that style that so often when I'm reading an audiobook, if I do something else while I'm listening to the audiobook and I miss something, I'm like, oh, fuck, I've just missed the sentences that these people worked on. And, you know, I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying, but I do love um, someone giving me the rhythm of a sentence. Mm, sure. Um, and I am really loving, of course, I always love memoirs writ- uh, read by the person who yeah. wrote them. Like I um, I just listened to how not to be a boy by Robert Webb, uh-huh. um, who is one half of Peep Show, the be- one of the absolute best British sitcoms ever. Oh yeah, um, and I've now listened to David Mitchell's um, backstory, and his. So I've listened to both of them. That's how much I like these guys. I want to just have <laughs> them in my head. Hell yeah! So I can see what you're saying, but. I also think that um, I skim more than I think I do and I skate across sentences when I'm reading. I do that too. And I think that your brain is just doing a similar thing while you're listening. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's interesting. But I always am happier 
to have both um, a print copy and an audio copy because there are some things that I like to look and see, wait a minute, how did they put that on a page? Right. So I get it. I was so glad that Verso found a way to get me um, Long Live the Post Horn, which um, is by Victus Horth, the person who wrote um, Will and Testament. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not saying that last name correctly, but it's about the postal service. Ooh, um, what a good what a good timing. So, so yeah, it's sad timing. Please everybody go out and buy some stamps. I got awesome ones. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna show the Patreon people their dragons. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Go buy stamps and send stuff in the mail. Um, and as well, I think it's great that there's still supporting the postal service for their postal service novel mm-hmm. verso books. <laughs> It would be really sad if they're like, I'm sorry, we're not going to mail it to you. <laughs> mm. I don't know, man. Thank goodness for books. Seriously. I keep saying it, but uh, it feels more and more true. Have you had um, sort of as what I feel like could be a concluding thought? Mm. Uh, have you had? Have you run into any moments over the course of the last two months where you haven't been able to read? No, and I think that's particularly because of um, audiobooks. Mm. I think I've always been able to, even on days that I can't, I've been feeling like I cannot look at a book again, because I'm already, st- I, you know, I am a very lucky person in so many ways, but one of them is that I still get to go to work every day. Yeah. And I'm still, so I'm looking at screens like crazy. Um, oh, yeah. So there, I'm still able to get all that and, and read pretty normally um but i'm glad that i have audiobooks as a break because it's definitely a lot of screens yeah and a lot of reading oh man that also makes a lot of sense too for why you would be less interested in jumping into netgalley because screen mm-hmm. fatigue i mean for real for real screen fatigue mm-hmm. yeah i get that So I'm glad that we're back. Yeah, me too. Um, it was fun and... to do some weird experiments. Yeah, we have the the spouse duology mm-hmm. um, for for and our fun little dramatic reading, which is something we've talked about doing for ages. Yeah. Oh, I feel like that's that's going to become a recurring bit totally. for sure. Sarah reminded me of it, and I was just like, "Yes, that is the next idea." Yeah. And thank you again to both Danny and Sarah for coming and filling in as yeah. co-hosts. That was, that was fun. An interesting experiment. It was really fun. And yeah, and we're so glad that you all stuck around and are listening to our humble little show. Um, yeah. We hope that you're finding solace in reading or at least in listening to podcasts. If you're not. <laughs> um, if you're not, we have recommendations for you. Oh yeah, we do. How could we not? Even though I feel like I've been recommending books throughout this thing. That's always the fun when we do when we do just us episodes. It's just like here are all these cool books that I've read recently. Yeah, well, it's the closest to what it's actually like to hang out with us. I think <laughs> <We're> just like <laughs> shouting titles back and forth at each other. Uh, 
Um, I would like to recommend New Waves. Oh, yeah. By Kevin Wen. Yeah. Cosine. Um, there's this lovely um, retelling of what it was like to be on um, this music file sharing service that I was also on that music file sharing service. And <laughs> it filmed me with warm, wonderful feelings of downloading an entire discography in an evening and not listening to it. <laughs> uh, but I loved it so much. And he captured some, I, I love novels that can capture what it was like to be on a message board and how that was, can be part of your life. Oh yeah. And uh, that was just really great. And then the other recommendation is Sea of Rust by robert cargill what's um um that's it's i'm uh, it uh, tell me <laughs> it's uh it's about um it's post-humanity it's robots only okay uh, earth and um you're just following sort of a, a bot who is just trying to keep herself alive um, cool and you know she's sort of scavenging parts in this desert and it feels sort of mad max and robots and um a little bit like mandalorian awesome you know that one bot that like joins to help him in the first couple episodes uh-huh it's i i kept thinking of that robot in particular it's very droidy. So if it I cool. could picture this as just being a Star Wars story, really. It felt very similar to that universe and that like deeply thought. That's awesome. Also I, like hardcore Wally, because there was so much. <laughs> <laughs> what were um, you gonna say? I realized why I was thinking of his name. He wrote a there's a collection of like uh cosmic horror that came out recently. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't think of the name of it, but he also was one of the co-writers of the first Doctor Strange movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Really, uh, really wild sci-fi that I think is totally enveloping. That's awesome. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to, I got to get it. I want, I was telling Danny the other night, I was reading a recently shortlisted for the Pulitzer novel of of the most literary literary fiction Mm. and i was like god damn it i gotta stop reading literary fiction right now i want ghosts spaceships or dragons (laughs) period (laughs) hey i'm right with you i am totally with you (laughs) i'm the one thing that i'm looking at like back is over this is like I, I've only been listening to where people have created their own society or they're on the fringes of the you know like that's the or it's from a dog's perspective. <laughs> oh, I get it. All right, so your recommendations. My recommendations, uh, considering the thing that I just said, it's particularly hilarious because they're both just works about humans. Um, oh, I was hoping for your. It's actually a ghost dinosaur zone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first is called Flake by Matthew Dooley. Um, it's, a, it's a graphic novel about a small town in England and a, a man who runs an ice cream truck. It is, oh my God, you in particular are going to fucking love this book. It's, <laughs> it's so sweet. It's so funny. It has a very Pushing Daisy sensibility about it, even in the Ooh. way that there are those occasional breakout narration moments i've never seen somebody pull that off 
in anything other than TV, really. Those moments of like, when she was 11 years old, like this thing happened and it cuts to that and cuts back in a way that felt seamless. That's um, awesome. It is currently, it is not out stateside. Um, it's out from Jonathan Cape in the UK. And I saw a review of it in The Guardian and uh, it won it won some prize that Cape has started running around like their uh, debut graphic novel prize, basically. Um, and I reached out and right before the quarantine came down, they sent me a copy. Um, and I so now nice. I, I just want to like Drawn in Quarterly or any American publisher who publishes graphic novels. I'm like, get get this book. I mean, um, it would make more sense for the Montreal-based one to bring it to America. That's probably it's. <laughs> I'm sure it will be them. Um, but then the other the other book that I'll recommend is a novel that I think actually is not coming out in the states until July. Timing is changing now on so many novels. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're if you're a book depository person, you can get a copy from the UK because it came out already. Hamnet by Maggie uh-huh. O'Farrell. Um, okay this it might sounds like a cutesy title that it's like i imagine that's going to be hamlet on the internet is it um no that's it's shakespeare's son who died hamlet and hamnet were interchangeable names apparently um that's yeah and shakespeare wrote this like shakespeare's son died of a sudden fever Mm -hmm. uh and about four years later he wrote hamlet um, but in the intervening time, like he basically wrote all of his frothiest comedies. Um, but the novel is about it's it in two alternating parts. Basically, it's the day more or less that Hamnet takes ill and the way that his parents got together. So Shakespeare's never named. He's always the Latin tutor or the husband um, and his wife, Agnes or Anne. Her, she was known by both names. Um, it's it's so good. It is so light and magical. And maybe because I've been living in a lot of Shakespeare recently, it but it like it's not written in any antiquated Shakespeare. They're not trying to shoehorn in references to the canon or anything. It's just a beautiful depiction of like two people falling in love and raising children. And it just so happens that one of them is the most famous writer in the English language. No extra forsooths. <laughs> Which I got, I, I, the whole first 40 pages, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm cringing. I'm waiting for, you know, the inevitable clunk. And it never happened. Ye old shoppy. Okay. <laughs> uh, that sounds great. Yeah. I, I actually have a, uh, an arc on my shelf and now you've made me want to read it. You should check it out. It's it's a fast read and it's it's weird because, you know, they're talking about the plague um, and it does make you think like, wow, it's funny that in 1580 whatever, plague popped up, closed all the stuff and that was, it was just understood. We did it because otherwise we'd all die. And if you wanted to protest on the front steps of Whitehall or something, with your sword or your AK-47, the queen would just fucking kill you. Are you making a case for a, a monarchy? I mean, uh, no. Um, 
<laughs> I'm I just saying. You, thought you might want to walk that back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It seems like it was nice that everybody was more or less on the same page around, you know, social distancing mm. in f- fucking 500 years ago. Yeah. Well. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the good people, thank you for listening. Um, thank you. We miss you. We are at so many damn books.com if you want to look at all of our book lists. We actually have every cocktail that we ever made. I did make a cocktail for this episode, but I drank it before we started recording, basically. Quarantine! Ow! <laughs> More like tech problems make me mad. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I downloaded so many derelict audio. <laughs> and then found out, oh, there's like two apps that have appeared since quor- you know quarantine went down. Uh-huh. That uh you can just use for this now. So great leaps forward in podcasting, thanks to the pandemic. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and you know, we appreciate those iTunes reviews. We sure Still. do. It, it gives us something to do now. We look, we just wait, refresh, refresh, refresh. I will say that that was on my to-do list forever. Uh, go and I'd written some, but I've now reviewed so many of my favorite podcasts. Yeah, it's a good way to kill 15 minutes. Or longer when you sure. have to remember your iTunes login. <laughs> that is not from experience. Yeah. <laughs> that was just for the Patreoners. Oh, golly. Uh, oh, yeah, you can go to Patreon, too. Yes, patreon.com slash smdb. And uh, we'll, we will be back now that we figured out the tech. Uh-huh. In and two weeks? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. And, you know, get in touch. Like AT&T used to say, reach out and touch somebody. Or is that that? AT&T said that? Isn't that AT&T? Reach out and touch me. Who's that song by? Weezer. What? <laughs> I just always assume. Uh, <laughs> it's probably Weezer. <gasps> oh my god. Uh, I just, I can't. I got <laughs>